Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Strong Island chronicles the arc of a family across history, geography, and tragedy. From racial segregation of the Jim Crow South to the promise of New York City, from the presumed safety of middle-class suburbs to the maelstrom of an unexpected violent death, it is the story of the Ford family, Barbara Dunmore, William Ford, and their three children, and how their lives were shaped by the enduring shadow of race in America. That is what the film is about. It's called Strong Island, and... It is about much more than that, and we have the opportunity to discuss that with the filmmaker, the director, Yancy Ford. Yancy, welcome to Film School. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Thank you for uh, for being here. And um, I want to let our listeners know right at the top that the film is premiering today, Friday, September 15th, on Netflix. It's also You can also see it here in the Los Angeles area at the uh, Monica Film Center in Santa Monica and in New York as well. And it's at IFC uh, Film Center in New York. Well, I generally ask at this point in the interview where you got the idea for this documentary and how did it come about and all. And I know that's a part of your story, but uh, it's, it's, it is obviously a film that came from your heart and for your love of your brother and for your love of your family. But where in this process did you, of of processing what happened to your family, did you decide that you wanted to turn this into a a documentary? um, Sure. You know, I think that the really really short and sweet answer is, you know, I, I decided that I was ready and that I needed to make the film when the silence, um, around uh, what happened to my family and what happened to my brother um, became, uh, you know, greater um, or or harder rather to bear to bear than um, than the fear of telling the story. And when I realized that I had nothing to lose um, uh, and that I what I didn't need permission to to make the film. Uh, what I needed was courage. Um, I, I kind of, you know, gathered up all the courage that I could muster and started on this, um, you know, this kind of epic uh, experience that has led us to um, to the film Strong Island. Let me just quickly kind of run through your um, evolution as a filmmaker. Sure. So, you know, I studied I studied photography and sculpture and. And, and lots of different um, uh, mediums uh, of art when I was uh, in college. And um, I never went to film school, um, but I did take a, a workshop in New York City at a small nonprofit called Third World Newsreel. Um, and in their production workshop, I learned how to shoot on a 16-millimeter Bolex and, and to edit on a Steenbeck. And, um, you know, it was, it was after that workshop when I was able to finally figure out how to frame moving images um, in, in a way that spoke to me, um, you know, and, and in a way that um, was similar to my photographic eye, 
um, that's when I that's when I realized that I had um, you know the the chops, um, for lack of a better uh, expression, to you know to start making this film. Um, I didn't um, you know begin working with my cinematographer until 2010. Um, so I had four years, um, you know, of development. I had, you know, I shot, um, you know, the, the initial interviews with the borrowed camera, mm-hmm. um, and with a friend the first time, and with a, you know, uh, another friend, um, the second time. But, you know, throughout that, you know, throughout that development process, I really had, um, you know, time and space to figure out what I wanted the, the cinematic language of the film to be. So... That's why we have a really formal frame um, where there's not a lot of movement in the camera. Uh, um, you know, every every person is talking direct to camera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone is sort of center frame, uh, and and my character especially is um, not only center frame but very very close uh, in terms of of the proximity of of my character to the audience. Um, and you know, it, it was. Uh, uh, it was sort of a risk because it's a it's con- it's a conceptual um, you know uh, structure around a very uh, emotional story yeah. um, one you know but it but it's a story that required um, you know a, a firm kind of frame around it literally and figuratively um, so that it wouldn't become sort of an unwieldy thing so um, part of part of the structure of the way the film is shot is also to, to make the the story itself um, you know more manageable. So mm-hmm. that's how um, that's how I arrived um, at the look. And then when I when I teamed up with Alan Jacobson, um, you know we were able to you know really um, sort of elevate the the feel of the film because he's a he's a fantastic cinematographer. He is, and um, let me just to back half a step back so the tragedy that befell your your family the the, mm. the shooting and death of your brother um william was it was that a catalyst did you have as you began to get into um understanding cinema how you wanted to protest was this always in your mind or was it something that after you felt a level of confidence that you decided it's time how did how did that sort of play out you know making a film um and and uh, about William was always in my mind. And, and after he died, I, I started making, um, you know, work about, about his death, um, you know, when I was still an art student. Um, but I, I needed to get, you know, sort of a degree of confidence um, before I was able to, you know, sort of really feel like I could set out on this, you know, I hate to use the word journey, but I needed a level of confidence before I could set out on this journey. Um, but I also felt it was important to to figure out how to, you know, become a filmmaker um, because, you know, for for better or for worse, um, you know, my family you know, had lived through um, yeah. a story that, you know, over the course of the making of the film, um, you know, entered, uh, you know, our popular, um, you know, discourse uh, more and more mm-hmm. and more and. You know, it was important to to tell the story of my brother's killing and and the aftermath um, because it lent a historical perspective to what eventually became an explosion of um, you know of, of killings um, with self defense 
um, as the justification. And, you know, the person who shot and killed my brother also claimed to have, have done so in self-defense. Um, but I had the vantage point of, um, of the full process. I had the vantage point of the grand jury. I had the vantage point of having gone through the investigation. Um, so, it, you know, I felt like it was, it was an important film to get made um, because, you know, it would help, you know, people understand um, both that, you know, this kind of violence is not new. It's, it's in fact, you know, as old as America, yeah. but also, you know, what it actually means to live through this, um, you know, on a, on a personal and an intimate level. Yeah. We're speaking with Nancy Ford, and he's the director of this new film, uh, Strong Island. It's a documentary about his family. It's about race. It's about America. It's about so many different things, and one of the challenges as I was preparing for this interview, as I mentioned to you earlier, this sort of prism uh, uh, mm. it depends on how you hold the film up in your mind's eye and you turn it one way or another, but inextricably it is about race in America. Inextricably it's about that, even though it's such a personal film, and, and that part, it's the glue that holds this film together and makes it so compelling is your family story, and Without giving very much away, um, I uh, my heart goes out to you and your family, and for all that you've been through. I just on a just on a personal level, it's just hard to, to watch this film and not and not just be. I, I mean, it's just hard not to be completely spent by what you and 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 your family have been through. And but let's talk. Sure. Let's talk about this in terms of. Uh, I've heard in other interviews you talk about America, race. Yeah. Moving to from from the city to Long Island, let's let's talk about that a little bit and sort of your yeah. family's journey. Well, you know, my folks left uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and moved to Brooklyn. Um, at, you know, they were newlyweds, and you know, they started a family in, in New York City. Had my um, you know my brother, um, and when he was five years he was five years old, and I was a few months old. Um, they made the move to Long Island. Uh, it wasn't necessarily something that my mother wanted to do. She enjoyed living in the city, um, but my but my father, you know, very much wanted to be in the suburbs, like so many people wanted to be in the suburbs. You know, there was the appeal of your own house and a lawn and a safe place for your kids to play. Um, and you know, they they moved to Long Island, but what they found there um, was yes, the house and the lawn and the safety. Um, to a certain extent of the suburbs, but they also found terrible schools. Um, they also found that, you know, they only were able to choose um, to live in a, in a handful of neighborhoods because of, of redlining, right. which is the policy um, that, you know, is well-documented in American history of only giving blacks uh, mortgages to buy homes in certain neighborhoods. Um, which resulted in pockets of African-American uh, neighborhoods all over Long Island um, that, you know, for the, for the most part um, still, you know, exist today, though the demographics have shifted somewhat. Um, and, and so, you know, the story of, of my parents and, and, and their growing family and, you know, the years um, that they spent, um, you know, uh, sort of happily, um, even though they made sacrifices, um, you know, the, that, you know, to, to raise their kids and to educate their kids. Um, and then to have my brother's murder kind of happen um, when they least expect it, um, you know, five blocks from their home, 
Um, and then to, you know, sort of have my brother essentially blamed for his own death, um, you know, it was, it was the kind of thing that really took the family apart. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the film really looks at two things. It looks at how, how is it that someone can, can essentially be responsible for their own death? Yeah. Um, and also, what does it mean to live with the aftermath of having, you know, essentially, you know, your child um, or anyone, frankly, um, you know, um, you know, having their death essentially um, described as not a crime uh, mm-hmm. by a grand jury. So um, the film looks at all of those aspects, and it's told, you know, by um, several characters, by my mother, by my sister, by me, um, but also by my brother's friend Kevin, who was with him the night he was shot. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a college friend of his, um, and two other characters who bring an unexpected perspective on my brother um, to to the story as well. Yes, and you you in the film. I mean, we as you were describing the uh, sundowner, it's sundowner towns. That's what they were called. The suburbs were a, were a refuge for uh, white people fleeing from American cities that were becoming. Uh, where African Americans and other minorities were beginning to move in, that's what they called them. There were a reason why they called these suburbs. They were African Americans were not only just not welcome; there were actually ordinances prohibiting them from being there after dark. Hence the term "sundowner towns." That's yeah, what suburbia well, actually, was. Sundown town. The the phrase "sundown town" is actually a, a much older phrase than the American suburbs. And you're right. You know, the suburbs were born. Um, uh, you know, in, in the aftermath of World War II with the GI Bill and, you know, um, and really generous um, federal um, mortgage uh, policies, you know, the suburbs were a place where soldiers, um, or veterans rather, and their families went to start their new lives. Um, and we, we know from history that African Americans and, and other minorities were not able to get access to those loans. And they weren't able to buy um, in any of these neighborhoods. Levittown, you know, the first sort of um, American suburb, is was, isn't, was notorious for its discrimination um, and notorious for its restrictive covenants, pr- prohibiting the resale of homes to, to black Americans or Jewish Americans, for that matter. Yeah. Um, so the suburbs, the suburbs were never initially meant for, um, for you know, for black uh, Americans. But... Um, with the policy of redlining, um, banks and real estate agents realized that they could, you know, also make money off of off of black families seeking a suburban life um, without disrupting the, you know, the, the segregation um, that had become, you know, the hallmark of the suburbs. Uh, I, I'm old enough to remember here in California there was actually a statewide ballot initiative back in the 60s. That was about whether or not real estate agents could, in fact, decide or homeowners could make decisions based on essentially on race. They they tried to dress it up as something different. But it right. goes to your point of this redlining. This redlining has been around uh, for decades, and it is part of a system that we um, that is hiding in plain sight for for white Americans, but not for uh, for others. And um, that that is I, I don't want to stay on that topic for too long because I really yeah. I want to focus on on your your role in this film not only as the director but as our 
our guide, sort of our, our emotional barometer, even though you say in the film you're not angry. Uh, I, I think you. I think there's so much the film that belies that, but also, along with it, comes this eloquence of your of the way that you tell the story. But I, I can't imagine that below the surface, anyone watching this film wouldn't understand. How could you not be angry? And I just want to see. I mean, I want to get your reaction to sort of was that how you intended, or did it just sort of evolve in the process of making this film? You had a long time to think this through and what you were hoping to accomplish. Was that what you were about, or did you get into the making of the film and realize that this is what I this is the role I wanted to play uh, in the making of the film? You know, I'm sorry. I think I understand your question, Mike. You know, when I say at the beginning of the film that I'm not angry, um, you know. If that's partly my my sarcasm, right? Um, you know, because my character, um, you know, yeah. is quite angry. Yeah. Uh, in the film, and you know, it is is one of the things um, you know that my character does um, is express um, a lot of the more complicated um, you know aspects of grief, right? Um, and a lot of the more complicated you know aspects of surviving um, this kind of you know catastrophic event in the family. Um, and, you know, I, I honestly, I got to say, I didn't initially see myself in the film. Um, I, I had a list of rules, and the first rule was Yancey will not appear on screen. Um, even though we shot the interviews, um, you know, I think that the, you know, the, the director's um, delusion is, oh, you know, we'll light this well and, and we'll shoot it well, but we'll only use the, the sound. Um, but, you know, when we were watching... Um, my interviews, it, it really became clear that one of the things that, um, you know, that my character was, was essential for was, was to provide this kind of connective tissue um, between characters and people who had known my brother, um, and also, um, you know, in the type of elliptical structure um, to the edit, you know, each time we go back to the scene of the shooting, yeah. we learn something new about William. Um, we we learned something new about the crime, and and we we learned something new about the aftermath, um, and so that's a function that's that's really um, you know played, uh, or rather fulfilled by my character um, in the movie, and then you know that sort of frees up other characters to um, you know to talk about talk about their experience of of surviving this um, you know this incident, and and also you know like what it was like. In, in the minutes and and the hours immediately following the shooting, so mm-hmm. um, you know my my character is um, sort of a guide, um, but it's but my character also you know has has you know an experience um, of of this uh, you know murder and surviving it um, to to talk about as well. At the very beginning, you you talk to the the district attorney on the phone. Right. Uh, and watching your face and seeing, kind of hearing the reaction from her, and then later on when you talk the, to the detective on the phone, the, and he's going to help invest. He's going to get you information about and your reaction. Again, you start to see that kind of the that the the veil is kind of pulled back a bit on 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 just how emotionally invested this is and how important it is for you. Um, and I I have been thinking about your film since I saw it. Um, and uh, it is one of the most gripping and emotionally involving, and I feel feel very bonded to you after watching this film. Even though, even though we just, you know, I mean, it just it just it is really at the end of the day, 
about your family and oh my god the family and watching your family un- unravel in so many ways and i don't i'm going to ask you just sort of i don't know if you have a reaction to what i've just said but you know i think it's impossible to to come away from strong island not feeling um you know not feeling emotional yeah. you know i think that we don't often um we don't often get a window into the world of a family after you know, cameras have gone away, um, and after publicity has died down, or, or, or you know, when our attention has moved on to to the next, um, you know, un, uh, you know, to the next killing, frankly. Yeah. Um, and I think that one of the things that is um, so powerful about the film is that, you know, it, it begins with my family, right? It begins with my parents' love story. Right. Um, it begins with them in the sixth and seventh grade, you know, with, with, and my mother having a crush on my dad from a distance. Yeah. Um, and and the ordinariness of my family, mm-hmm. I think, is what um, you know serves as an invitation for everyone to 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 sit down um, and to you know come to know um, you know the Ford family. And I think it's what what makes the film you know sort of devastating in a way um, is when you. See, um, you know how this family came to be, and you know how this how the family's aspirations played out over time, and then the you know the, sort of the bomb that goes off, yeah. um, you know, in the form of my brother's uh, murder, and and the way in which it undermines my parents' you know belief in um, the American dream, their belief in, in in the criminal justice system. You know, my my brother you know, was aspiring to be a law enforcement officer himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 impossible to walk away from a story as complex like this without asking questions about um, yourself, um, without thinking about your own family, um, and without, you know, honestly having to confront a legacy of, of racialized violence in America mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that has lasting... Uh, impact on families who survive it, but also that has a that has a very very um, you know long history. Um, and until we face that history, you know stories like like my family's are, are going to continue um, you know to happen. And I'm just hoping that Strong Island can can motivate people to finally admit that we have a problem here, um, and 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 we need to we need to to solve it. Um, we need to solve it. It's 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 some it's a story being uh, re retold in households across this country. To today, we, we didn't. I think I should have mentioned earlier. This happened in 1992, so 25 years ago, as of April this year, yep. and uh, um, and it is a story that continues. We as we look at any any anything uh, in the news today about African Americans and and. Dealing with law enforcement and authorities and all that, all these things are just still right in front of us. When are we going to address what is the American dream? What when are we going to face up to to what we've been promised and uh, and and not deliver on that promise? That's part of what what this is about. I, in the last minute, I, I was kind of as if you, this is such a strong film cinematically. I, Thank I, you. I, it just is such a beautiful film to look at. Um, and and you and Alan Jacobson um, yep. have put together um, such a just cinematically 
stunning achievement here. But so I, but on, on another level, now that you've now that you've produced, directed, been a part of this is something you've lived with for, in some manner of speaking, for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. How do you feel uh, about this? Is this something that you I know will always carry with you? But at the same time. Are you moving forward as a filmmaker, as an artist? What's the impact yeah. been for you personally? You know what? I am, I am, I am thrilled that Strong Island is out in in the world, um, and I think that the film is going to is going to start doing the work um, that I've been doing, you know, for the last ten years. And I think that the, that the film really does the work extremely well. Um, and you know, as a filmmaker, uh, you know, I'm. You know, as any director eager to move on to the next project, um, you know, I'm, I'm eager to, you know, to, you know, to try my hand at, you know, at narrative, or rather fiction film. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, um, you know, in augmented reality and virtual reality, and, and, you know, there are all sorts of, of, of things that I hope will, you know, um, will, you know, un- unfold for me. Um, you know, as a result of Strong Island, I, I hope that doors will open. I'm certainly knocking on them. Mm. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's great about having, you know, been so deliberate about making Strong Island is that I feel like, you know, that, that the ship of this film is going to keep sailing, you know, well beyond my lifetime and, you know, even as I move on to the next project. And I think it's going to, you know, have resonance um, for, for many years to come. And I'm, and I'm glad for that because it means that, you know, I've done my job as a director well, um, and the, the next project that, you know, whatever it is that I work on, um, you know, I, I'll bring the same kind of intention as a, as a director, um, you know, aesthetically and, and structurally um, to that piece as I did to this film. No, it's, I, I, I dearly hope that that is uh, the case for you. I can't imagine, um, I, having seen this, I just, it, it would be, uh, beyond criminal for you to not be involved in in what you apparently are very good at and apparently love in some some way to to express your art and um, I, I thank I, you. I really do love I love making movies I love telling stories huh. and you know I you know like I said in the film our, my parents raised us to believe that we could do anything huh. and um, you know I'm I'm certainly. Uh, I'm, I'm just getting started. I, I hope so. Thank you so much. Yancey Ford is the director of the film Strong Island. It premieres tonight on Netflix um, and also in in New York at the IFC Center and here, here in Santa Monica, here in Southern California at the Monica Theater, Lemley Theater in Santa Monica. Please see this film. Please uh, uh, find, seek it out, and uh, or you have Netflix as well. But go to the theater. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, see, it, see, it, see it with a group of people. Yeah, see it again at home. Um, you know, you're going to come away with something new. Yeah. Um, every time. And I so, think, um, yeah, I'm sorry, and 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 also. Uh, coming out of the theater with a group of people with it, that shared experience. That's the beauty of being in a theater, walking out with that shared experience and carry forward close conversations with each other as well. And you will, you will have them. Uh, thank you, Yancey Ford, for being here on Film School. Mike, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. 
You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.